This is the Phelan & Myers 2 for 20 with the Willett Phelan Myers & Rotts Wealth Management Group of Janie Montgomery Scott. Janie, a member of FINRA, SIPC, and the New York Stock Exchange, maintains a presence in Duluth with their office at 6340 Sugarloaf Parkway, Suite 130, Duluth, Georgia. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Phelan & Myers 2 for 20. Today we have Keith Nab with us. He's the owner of Affordable Medicare Solutions. We're going to talk today about Medicare. But Keith, before we get started, can you tell me a little bit about your company, a little bit about your background? Absolutely. I'm a Georgia native and we've been in business for 28 years. Uh, 11 employees and uh, located in Swanee, Georgia, but we do serve the entire state of Georgia. We are the most award-winning Medicare agency in Georgia and also the largest Medicare planning agency in Georgia. Okay, and you do Medicare as well as health insurance? Is that's that right. right for, okay. Yeah, oftentimes people have a spouse that's younger, so we take care of health insurance, and then when they graduate to Medicare, we take care of their Medicare. I gotcha. Okay, so let's focus specifically on Medicare today. So let's say I'm 64 and nine months. Okay, so in three months, I'm going to be Medicare eligible. Can you kind of walk me through the process? Like, how do I physically apply for it? Like, I know how you physically apply for Social Security. You you schedule an appointment with Social Security office and, you know, you, you sign up for it. But physically, how do you do it once you've signed up? And, you know, is it immediately when you turn 65 that you're eligible for it? And then what do the choices become? I, that's what I really kind of want to get into. But kind of uh, The easiest way to do it is if you're turning 65, is you do it three months prior to your birthday month. So if you're turning 65 in January, you would do it starting in October. And you do it online at the Social Security website. So you, do, you go there. Even if you're not going to take Social Security, you just ask for Medicare only. They will then bill you for your Medicare premiums, and they'll, they'll give you your Part A for hospital and B for medical. Okay. Now, if you're past age 65, it's different because you have to prove that you're losing your group health insurance. So there's a form you get from your employer, and then you take that form to the Social Security office and say, hey, I'm 67 years old. I'm losing group health insurance. Let's activate my Medicare. And they'll use that form to waive any penalties and delays. Okay. And when you say premiums, premiums are based off of my income, correct? So the higher my income, the higher my premium? That's correct. However, the standard premium this year is 170.10. It is going down next year. Miracle of miracles in an election year, it's going down to 164.90. And if you do have a family income of over $194,000 per year uh, for a a couple or $97,000 for an individual, you pay more on your Medicare premiums. Okay. So now I've had clients that have sold businesses as an example, mm-hmm. right about the time that they're becoming Medicare eligible and their mm-hmm. premiums, you know, go up significantly yes. or, or they start out significant, but then they end up dropping off. Can you explain how that works? Mm-hmm. So it's a two year look back on your income. So they look at uh, from 2022, they'll be looking at 2020 income. And if you sold a big business, they're going to say, Hey, you're a, you're a high income earner. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's a one-time event and it pushes you over that $194,000, then you can appeal that and say, Hey, that was a one-time event. But if you're a constantly a high income earner, they're going to tag you with some extra premiums. It's basically a backdoor tax. Okay. So, so let's talk about so now I've, I've signed up for it. I've gone on the website. I've signed up for it. And you said there's part A, there's part B. Tell me, talk to me like I knew nothing about yeah, Medicare right. because I literally know next to nothing about Medicare. Okay, good. So Medicare was created in the 1960s, and they created two parts. Part A is the hospital coverage, and part B is the medical. 
Then in 2005, they said, oh, wow, after 40 years, we need to modernize Medicare. So they created two more parts. Part C is the new modernized side of Medicare that you see advertised on TV every day. Jimmy Walker. Yes, and, and, and okay. Joe <laughs> And then uh, you have Part D, which is the drug program. Think about this. Medicare did not cover drugs until 2005. Really? Yep. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Okay, and so you've got Part A, B, C, D, and then there's Medicare supplements mm-hmm. and there's Medicare Advantage? That's Am correct. I, okay, so talk to me about that. Part C is the Medicare Advantage system. Okay. And so that is what is called where Medicare is actually hiring insurance companies to create standalone health plans that take care of all of your Medicare, your hospital, your outpatient, your drugs, everything in, a, in a, one package on most plans. Part The other part of Medicare that was created in the 1970s is what you said, a Medicare supplement. And that was created in the 70s because Medicare was not modernizing, so insurance companies created little packages to supplement Medicare. And Medicare used letter codes on those two. Mm -hmm. So the most typical ones today are letter F and letter G. And those are supplements that are identify what they cover, which is basically 100% after a small deductible. Uh, and then Medicare says that's fine. And Medicare coordinates perfectly with those plans. So I can choose either a Medicare supplement or Medicare Advantage. That's correct. correct? That, is, that is correct. That is a two-channel system. You can either do traditional Medicare or you can do the new system. That's correct. Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong, you know, the little that I do know about Medicare. I mean, Medicare Advantage is almost the equivalent of an HMO and the supplement is the equivalent of a PPO. Was no, that an accurate? No, let's not, you know, let's talk in the other, another language more. The new Medicare Advantage system is more similar to what you had at your employer. Okay. So at your employer every year, you did it, you have multiple choices where the employer says, hey, check a box. Do you want an HMO, which means a mandatory network, or do you want PPO? Right. That is the Medicare Advantage system. When you're under traditional Medicare, there are no networks. It's just asking doctors, do you take Medicare? Okay. And so there are no, it's not like group insurance. It's, it's a true government program, whereas the new side of Medicare is more closely associated with group health insurance. Okay. And what, what do you think, what percentage of your clients do Medicare Advantage versus the supplements? We track this very, very carefully. And for 10 years now, it's been 50-50. Really? Yeah. And Medicare now is reporting that 48% of people nationwide are using the new side of Medicare. Um, so we've watched that. It's a perfectly balanced system at this point. We have half of our clients are using traditional Medicare with supplements and half are using the new plans. Okay. Okay. And then what about, I've heard reference to star ratings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you explain to me what yeah, that is? That's their version of quality ratings. So the government uses a term called star ratings, which means one star is bad, five star is good or excellent. And in between there's one, two, three, four, and they give bonuses to the insurance companies if they get high ratings. Okay. And they also give them extra privileges. So they're constantly trying to get from a four star rating to a four and a half star. If they get a low rating, they actually get a penalty. Okay. Okay. And then you and your company, I assume, you, you keep an eye on that, yeah. and the, the more highly rated, higher star companies are the ones that you're more comfortable working with. They were just released, the star ratings were just released this week for uh, the plans. Okay. And then I think, and part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast now was there's enrollment periods going on, correct? That's correct. Okay. So talk to me, how, how does that work? So we're in the preview period right now. Every year from October 1st to the 14th is where we get to preview next year's plans, which means you can just look at them, but you can't ask for them yet. You can start asking for the new plan on Saturday, which is October 15th, and that goes all the way to December 7th. 
and it ends on December 7th, so the insurance companies have time to print your ID card and get it to you in the mail before the 1st. And all new plans that you choose during this time period are effective January 1. And these are the Medicare Advantage plans? And Medicare drug plans. And med- Medicare drug plans. Okay. So do the benefits change that much from year to year? Yeah, tr- dramatically. Really? Yeah, there's been a huge... The, the insurance companies made a boatload of money during 2020 uh, and 2021. They have reinvested those profits into incredible new benefits on plans. And so we're seeing a huge uh, raft of changes. Uh, people should do a review this year for sure. Okay. And... So let's say I'm, and I plan to work till I'm probably 80. So this may, you know, this is probably going to apply to me in 15 years when I turn 65. If I'm employed and I'm Medicare eligible, how does that work? How do they work together? Which is primary? Do I, I mean, it sounds like from what we talked about earlier that, that maybe your employer is primary and then Medicare is secondary. Do I actually take Medicare at 65 if I'm still employed? Can so you, you got to be, tra- be careful about it because everybody hates this word. It, it depends. And so if you're at a small employer, 19 or fewer, you're working at a law firm with eight people, Medicare is primary. So you have to activate Medicare. Really? Yeah, okay. but if you're at a, at a large employer, which most you know people are working at a big employer, then it's 20 or more employees, Medicare is secondary, and you're not required to get Medicare. The group insurance is your, your coverage. So if you're in a normal large employer working for IBM or someplace, that's fine. And you have the ability to activate Medicare at 65 if you want to. So a lot of people will activate the free portion of Medicare called Part A, which is the hospital portion. They do that because if you go into the hospital on your group health insurance plan, Medicare will help pay that bill. Okay. But if you are using a health savings account, which means you're putting aside money into a a specialized account and your employer might be contributing to it, you can't activate any portion of your Medicare. Really? Yeah. Nope. Okay. Okay. So if I'm getting close to 65, I should probably just call you. Yeah. And, right, okay. Yeah. And this isn't a commercial for you, but I mean, it, it, it seems like there's a lot of moving parts to it. We get a lot of, give a lot of free advice like that out every day. Okay. And so one of, the, one of the situations I run into a lot is clients say 63 as an example, mm-hmm. and either they get downside from, downsized from their job or they decide that they want to retire. Maybe they're going to take Social Security early. For a 63-year-old, you know, generally, you know, as, as somewhat of a layperson when it comes to health insurance, I would say, okay, you probably take COBRA for 18 months or 36 months to get you to Medicare, or maybe maybe it's 24 months, to get you to Medicare age, and then you would get on, on, on Medicare. But there's a distinction as to how long COBRA runs, I believe. Can That's you correct. talk about that? And then if I'm 63, what, what I should do? Mm-hmm. And then I guess the additional follow-up would que- question would be, if I'm a little bit younger than that, what do, what do I do? Let's say I'm 60 in the same scenario. Probably. Let's talk about a couple scenarios. So okay. we have somebody at 63 years old, and they say, I'm not eligible for Medicare for two years. So they would take the COBRA. Generally, they take the COBRA for the 18 months. Mm-hmm. And then for six months there, they're like, what am I going to do? So we put them on a short-term insurance plan or an Obamacare, Affordable Care Act plan, and bridge that into Medicare. And then, of course, when they're 65, they have to take Medicare. They can't keep using personal health insurance. But what if they have a spouse? So they're 63 and their spouse is 62 and they're graduated into Medicare. And and, uh, well, if they're currently on COBRA, the spouse then is actually given extra COBRA time period up to 36 months or the dependents if they have some some children on the plan too. So it just depends on the circumstance. But let me tell you something you do not do. If you're 65 years old and your spouse is 64, don't take COBRA on the both of you. The older person goes into Medicare, and the younger person takes spouse-only COBRA. Okay. Sometimes your HR department doesn't even know what spouse-only COBRA is. You have to tell them, no, I'm only going to put COBRA on my younger spouse. 
Okay. The older spouse needs to go into Medicare because Medicare is actually primary. COBRA is secondary to Medicare. Okay. And so s- similar scenario, get downsized or, or decide that I want to retire and I'm 60 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've got COBRA for a period of time, and then I go on to an individual Obamacare policy. That's correct. Affordable Care Act or Obamacare plan, we represent all of those. And every year those change. We had a couple pull out of the market this year, actually. And so we make sure that people are taken care of. Every year you have to re-up your plan uh, to make sure you're not um, in jeopardy because some plans are actually pulling out. Okay. And, you know, I've I've heard over the years clients that have individual health insurance policies Mm -hmm. complain about them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, either and, and, and it's normally not a function of, of premiums because I think they expect high premiums, but it's more a function of either deductible or what's covered on that. I mean, can you speak yeah. to that a little bit? I mean, what's what are the deficiencies in individual health insurance versus a group policy? It's the government's the deficiency here. So the problem is, is you can be on 65 and have these great Medicare options that are super flexible. Choose your doctor and all sorts of stuff. Under 65, all the plans in Atlanta are all restrictive HMO plans, which means you have tiny lists of doctors. Almost all the plans have very high deductibles, unless you're low income. If you're low income, they'll reduce your premium and your deductible. But a general person that's making decent income, you know, they're 60 years old, they might be spending $900 or $1,000 a month and have an $8,000 deductible. Now, are most of these doctors taking on new patients or a lot of them close practices? That's the problem. I mean, those are tiny networks. Yeah. And uh, when you go into Medicare, it's, man, the world is your oyster. There's a huge amount of flexibility, but not under the Affordable Care Act. Okay. It's really poorly designed. Yeah. Okay. So, um, just to keep my compliance folks happy, just to clarify, you and I have no financial arrangement together or anything. Okay, good. Keep my compliance folks happy. That's true. Um, okay. So, with that, thank you very much, Keith. Great job, as always. You always distill it down to the most basic level. I very much appreciate it. Anything you want to add before we I do. I want to make sure it's very clear to everybody. My business is is very unusual in that there is no charge to the client. And people always ask, well, how do you all get paid? Well, Medicare actually authorizes and instructs each company a certain fee to pay me to do the work for you. So it's unusual. My income is socialized. The government specifies every year what Keith gets paid. You don't have to pay me. I'm taken care of. I like that. Great job. Thank you very much. The information provided here is taken from sources which we believe to be reliable, but the accuracy and completeness of such information is not guaranteed by us. This is not an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors. Employees of Janie Montgomery Scott LLC or its affiliates may at times release written or oral commentary, technical analysis, or trading strategies that differ from the opinions expressed here. Investing may involve market risk, including possible loss of principal. Janie Montgomery Scott LLC, its affiliates, and its employees are not in the business of providing tax, regulatory, accounting, or legal advice. Any tax-related statements are not intended for and cannot be used or relied upon by any such taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding tax penalties. Any such taxpayer should seek advice based on the taxpayer's particular circumstances from an independent tax advisor. For more information about Janney, please see Janney's Relationship Summary, Form CRS, on www.janney.com backslash CRS, which details all material facts about the scope and terms of our relationship with you and any potential conflicts of interest.